You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. I'm Mary Jo Tumare. You sound a little hoarse today, John. I am a little hoarse. I have uh, uh, a sore throat and headache, and I've been sleeping a lot, and I've uh, written to my doctor asking him that I can have a COVID test. I haven't heard back, so I wrote another note uh, reminding him that the do- uh, the president said months ago, any American can have a test anytime they want. <laughs> until until the virus gets out of control, and then there are no tests available. Yeah, actually, uh, this is just a personal thing, but uh, I thought, well, Rather than go through my medical system over the weekend, because this started on Saturday, I was told that CVS Pharmacy had it, and you did not need like a prescription or a doctor's thing, but you did need an appointment. And I went on uh, 11 CVS, like anything close around here, and every one of them said, sorry, no appointments are available. So despite what they say, tests are still difficult to come by. And in most of them, I would know results in about three to four days. So that's not helping. No, it's not at all. Uh, if I can't get this set up, I'll find find something else. So yeah, they should have like um, underground tests or black market tests well, or something because actually, this is crazy. What, what I'm thinking about doing there is a park right <laughs> near me, and I was thinking about walking over to the park and see if there's anybody hanging out. And like, I'll walk up to him and say, hey, pal, you got any stuff like a test or something? (laughs) It was so funny. Yeah. And these guys will be like, yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Yeah. I say, hey, that's okay. I'll spend it. I'll just send it to Blue Cross afterwards. (laughs) So yesterday there was in the Times, there was a little question and answer with Fauci. And he did say something like if we had put our energies into these rapid at-home tests, we would be open. You could go see your grandma for Thanksgiving because you just take a test before you go. So it is puzzling why when they were making decisions about how to manage this, that didn't occur. I mean, somebody had to have said that and you could have used the den, the, what is called the defense production act to put a lot of effort into doing that. And have, have the economy open right now. Absolutely. And not be facing what we're facing. And of course, many other countries are not facing it. But to me, it all goes back to the same thing. And it was illustrated this weekend. There was a meeting of the G20. It's obviously remote on a Zoom conference. And uh, uh, President Trump attended part of the morning session, although we know he was tweeting as he was sitting uh, there, I mean, we know just the tweets appeared at the same time, and you can see him looking down at his desk. So he's just like a little kid in school doing that. But then it gets to the session about the pandemic and what the international response will be. President Trump, I am not kidding, left and went golfing. And you know he who he golfing. left? You know who he left on the call? Larry, who? Larry Kudlow. Oh, wow. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> why that cracked me up like why wouldn't you ask pence at least 
I mean, Kudlow is just the most incompetent of all people he has speaking for him, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the only only person Larry Kudlow is better at uh, at anything is Sidney Powell, who managed to be such an incompetent that she got fired from the Trump legal team. Do you know how bad you are? But I didn't understand. I, I didn't follow this story when I heard it this morning. I, I really tried to tune out a little bit this weekend for my mental health. I'm too stressed out about the coronavirus to be stressed out about Trump, too. But that did she make some statement indicating that Leffler, who's running for one of the Georgia seats, a Republican, was yes. also in on this conspiracy to hurt Trump? Is that what yes. she did? Yeah, absolutely. If... Uh for listeners to remember, there was a three-way race uh, for that seat in the Georgia Senate. Uh, Reverend Warnock uh, got the greatest number of votes. He'll be in the primary. Kelly Loeffler got the next number of uh, votes, and she will be in uh, in the run-up. And then Collins, I think it's Doug Collins, oh, right. uh, came in third. Now, he was a congressman, kind of a mainstream uh, Republican, and Sidney... Sidney Powell said the fix was in for Kelly. And so the reason Doug didn't win or get into the final was because the same kind of uh, shenanigans, as uh, I think Joe Biden would say, same kind of malarkey and shenanigans, uh, took place and kept her out uh, or kept Doug Collins out. And that apparently was a bridge too far even for the White House, and this is, Sydney's got to be removed. So was Collins um, Trump's preferred candidate, or why would she have done that? No, he wasn't really. Um, Trump came uh, came out, I think, for Kelly Loeffler, uh, who is you know kind of a Trumpy kind of kind of person. So I don't understand the mechanics there. I, I also don't understand this reporting today in uh, in the New York Times. They went through all the advertisements being run by Kelly Loeffler and by the other Republican uh, Senate candidate, David Perdue, who is a very close Trump associate. And what they found was out of their whole blitz of advertising, every single ad is a negative attack. Every single one. And they were, they were firm on that. And the, the tenor from Loeffler and Perdue is that uh, Warnock uh, and John Ossoff, the two Democratic candidates, will make this country into Venezuela. I'm not making that up, that's real. Uh, we'll make it socialist, and in their words, will shred our democracy. Now, I gotta tell you the truth. The irony right. of them saying that the Democrats are going to shred the democracy at the same time that Donald Trump calls two Michigan legislators into his office to urge them to overturn uh, the results of the election is just too great. But I know we've said before, there is no irony in, in this White House. Well, that's true, but it, it is also true what you're saying, that his conduct is um, shredding the Constitution. And when you get Chris Christie to make as strong a statement as he made yesterday on this week with George Stephanopoulos, basically saying, this is an embarrassment. This is not right. That was pretty powerful. And, you know, 
Chris Christie, he walks a fine line. He tries to still seem like a credible guy, but he's usually pretty Trumpy. And he just went full out anti-Trump yesterday. That's probably for his own, you know, his calculation on his political viability. But also, I think he is a lawyer. He was a U.S. attorney. And I think he's appalled by what's happening. Um, But to go back to the Georgia race just for a minute, I did hear that neither Leffner nor, nor Purdue are allowed to make or Trump is not allowing them. So how that works in their mob family, I don't know to make the claim that they need to be elected to help control against the Senate being too liberal under Joe Biden, because that acts as a concession that Trump has lost. Uh, interesting. Isn't it, that inter- interesting? It is. You know, <clears throat> Donald Trump himself, I'm not even going to say the administration, because I think it's Donald Trump himself is so fixated on this that he sits there and thinks there cannot be anything, anything that gives any indication that Joe Biden will be be the president in January. And, of course, the most flagrant of that is what even many Republicans are saying kind of very reasonably, that Emily Smith at the GSA cannot ascertain, you're in my new favorite word, <laughs> ascertain that, uh, that Biden is likely certain, I don't know what the standard is, to be, be the president. I think that's really intriguing. I do too. And I, I was thinking today when I tuned back in, it is amazing to me that one person can have that much power in the United States. I don't think we saw our system of government and the norms and the way we've managed governing ourselves, whoa, these 240 years, um, <clears throat> as allowing that much power to be invested in one individual. And I think with the Trump presidency and now what's happening in, in the interregnum proves is that one person can gum up the works so badly that I, I, the thing that's upsetting to all of us, especially we're in this time of COVID now, which is driving us all insane, is Trump's saying, don't, you can't work with Biden, will have effects on Biden's ability to manage the pandemic come January 20th. One human is doing that, and all of us are affected by it. Well, we are, and as as Fauci is pointing out, I think all of us know, the light at the end of the tunnel is the vaccine. Uh, You know, we, we know now that vaccines are being developed, they are going to be uh, delivered. And I, to be personal to me, the way it lays out, if everybody's on schedule, probably in January, I'm 70 years old, I have an underlying medical condition, probably in January, I might be able to get a vaccine. Well, that really changes things for me. By the way, I'm gonna get back to that point. I have an idea, if it's true, that a lot of much or that much older people like people 70 years old and later could get the vaccine in January. I think we can reopen the opera because the audience for that (laughs) is all people that age. So what the hell? Let's get the opera going. We're going to have to work out something for the singers, but we can we can do that. 
but we call this the opera plan. Hey, listen, if athletes can get a test and probably get a vaccine, certainly the opera singers. But then can. I think a, a tenor certainly can. And my God, <laughs> a counter tenor definitely uh, ought to be. But I, I guess the, the, the point is, the fever today is making me digress. But, but the point is, if this gumming up the trans, transition, by your right, one person, is going to have the effect of slowing the delivery of the vaccines at all, by a week, anything whatsoever. That's wrong. People are going to die within that time. Siegfried and LaboM are not going to be produced because of this. But what's so interesting is that Trump, <clears throat> of all the characteristics we've noticed about him, talked about him, that he's so vindictive that he wants to make sure things are just a holy mess for Biden. And yeah. I know there's reporting about that, but, you know, they don't need to report that for us to know that that's what's happening. He's messing things up in Alaska wildlife. He's making sure the economy is a mess. The virus is a mess so that Trump, I mean, so that Biden cannot succeed. How evil is that? It is evil. I, I have to throw one more theory into all of that. I think he is messing up the lane, but I believe Donald Trump thinks somewhere in his heart that he still might remain president. I think he really believes that. Uh, and I think really? he has just enough people around him to support that. I think Donald Trump's mentality is when everybody else thinks I've lost, I'm able to pull it out. And the 2016 election confirmed something he had believed throughout his life. People always count me out, but never count the Donald out because I have a way of doing it. I'm not positive I know what it is right now, but as long as I can stay in the game, maybe Michigan and Pennsylvania turn, maybe something else, That's I think that's like his inner voice. And that inner voice is being told you're right by some key people around him. So, and I thought I was frightened by coronavirus today. This is much more frightening to me than the coronavirus. Oh, my yeah, Lord. It absolutely is. And I, I just have to say to our listeners, if you find that theory the least bit frightening, just write it off to the fact that John has a fever and he's not doing well and he's being delusional. And we won't worry about it anymore. <laughs> All, right. All right. Good. I've got to go. Hey, take and, care. Give a call to the Lyric Opera here in Chicago and let them know my idea. <laughs> All right. Hey, talk bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.